As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com with your host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, and during which time she successfully helped over 11,000 families with their real estate needs. Consistently ranked as one of the top realtors nationwide, if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money back in your pocket. Call her at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And she or one of her team members will be delighted to help you. I know they look forward to making you their next success story. And good morning, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing excellent. Everything is going well and just great to be here. Yep, great to be here as well. I'm excited. Hey, and you know what? I actually got a question. After we talked about the 20th anniversary of 9-11, kids going, you know, growing up and getting older. Uh Uh-huh. And um, something came up. They were kind of like, hey, speaking of which, kids getting older, going to college. Yeah. um, They asked me to ask you. They've got got a kid that's going out of state um, Mm -hmm. to college, and they thought, hey, instead of putting them in the dorm... Why don't we make an investment, invest in a property, Excellent have them live idea. there, and, and uh, they could just rent the other rooms out and kind of make the rent pay for itself. Absolutely. In fact, we did that for not our child, but for my sister. Um, we found a great rental property in the town she was going to school at, and the rent uh, paid that property off in no time at all. Perfect. It's an excellent plan. Now, are are the kids going to be responsible enough at 18, 19? Um, we found that they were. Um, okay. We, okay. we had them all sign leases, and I've, I've had many clients do this. Um, you have them all sign leases. They're all responsible for their portion of the rent. Um, you can set it up where they're all responsible equally for all of the rent, but okay. we found that was a little overwhelming for them. Um, and they all, you know, split the utilities, et cetera. Um, most of them had their parents co-sign. And um, because obviously the kids don't have jobs, their job is school at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. We've never had any problems whatsoever. That's a great, great idea, too, because you think, you know what, you're going to be paying rent or dorm fees or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know what, um, will it keep you out of trouble? Well, what do you mean? <laughs> out of trouble? Probably uh, not so much. There's more. Su- yeah, there's much more supervision in the dorm, but um, you know that's okay. That's you know what? It's a learning experience, regardless. It is, and the great thing is, is once your child graduates, you can either sell the property, do a ten thirty one exchange to mm. defer taxes, or you can rent it to a new group of. Um, college students incoming students that's great Mm -hmm. awesome well thank you i will pass that info on perfect you know i wanted to talk about the fact that i read a headline earlier this week that many homeowners are opting against refinancing you know (laughs) i 
we've been seeing record interest rates this past year, record lows. Um, so I thought this would be an interesting read about why people were opting against refinancing. But what I took away from the article was this statement. Some 38% of homeowners with a mortgage don't know their interest rate, including 54% of millennials. Hmm, that doesn't sound good. Right. I mean, I don't mean to get on my soapbox, but I can't express how important it is that people know their numbers and understand what they sign. You know, if you're a homeowner, do you know your interest rate? Do you know how much you currently owe on your mortgage? Do you know how much equity you have? Who's on title with you? And while we're at it, do you have solar? When was the last time you looked at your contract? Do you know what company you're working with? What's the name of your homeowners association if you have one? And what does it cover? You would be amazed at how much people just don't know or they forget or they state that their significant other handled it. <laughs> I'm answering I don't know to a lot of these questions because, Lori, adulting is hard. <laughs> I know, I know. But, but gee whiz, you really should know all about your home and how your money is being spent. You know what? I'm going to take that as something I should put on my to-do list. Okay. That, that makes me happy. So thank, thank you. you. And, uh, so what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, today we're talking... Uh, to a Kern County Real Estate Review two-timer, Fawn Desi of Desi and Desi. She is here to talk with us about the co- post-COVID moratoriums and how that may affect our tenants and landlords. This is awesome because she always brings such great information with her. She sure does. So good morning, Fawn. For those that may not know you, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what areas of law you practice. Hi there, I'm Fawn Desi, and I've practiced here in Kern County since uh, about 1979 or 1980. I'm a native of Kern County, so I came back after law school and have been practicing with my husband since uh, 1984, and primarily uh, real estate landlord tenant, uh, that keeps me pretty busy. I really don't need to do much else. So. I can imagine. <laughs> right. And tell us a little bit about the firm. You said you practice with your husband. What type of law does he practice? Real estate. We were just uh, uh, pretty much uh, specialized in uh, quiet title, partition, uh, adverse possession easements, um, and again, landlord-tenant usually. Cases that are more um, uh, complex, I would say, both uh, residential and commercial properties. So it keeps us very busy and um, maybe busier than we care to be half the time. <laughs> I can understand that. Um, right. So today we're going to be focusing on evictions, and do you typically represent landlords or tenants, or do you represent people from each side? Usually we represent landlords only. It just uh, gets to be too big of a potential conflict to also represent tenants um, because we're pretty much all over town and commercial tenancies and residential tenancies. So we just we just have found the tenant situations are, they're pretty well covered with uh, 
a very aggressive legal aid um, uh, here in Kern County. So we just uh, pretty much focus on landlords. Okay, great. Well, I know that um, all of our listeners out there are aware that the Supreme Court has struck down the CDC's federal eviction moratorium, but the state moratorium is still in effect until September 30th. So what is this going to mean for California tenants and landlords? Well, it has been a very trying situation. No uh, kidding. Moratoriums and, um, you know, the, the fallout from this is going to be, um, you know, well into next year. I suspect we're going to have foreclosures. We're going to have a lot of issues coming up for landlords because part of this moratorium business has been to preclude landlords from decreasing any services uh, for tenants, uh, which makes it very difficult for landlords who may have lost jobs, aren't receiving rents, to pay the gardener, to pay the water bill, to pay insurance, mortgages, taxes, and all of that type of thing. So we have right now a very unbalanced situation in Kern County. A lot of the the laws, I believe, are unconstitutional um, and probably should be subject to challenge, but time by the time you get through the court system at great cost, uh, the moratoriums will probably be over. So we, we can at least hope. We do not know what's going to happen um, this month. There has been some discussion of an extension of the moratorium beyond September 30th, and I would encourage... Uh, people to call their legislative representatives and let them know that these moratoriums may seem like a good idea, but in the long run, they're gonna they're gonna hurt tenants just as much as they hurt landlords, because we need to encourage rental housing, and this certainly does not do it. Absolutely. Well, this has been a great introduction to our topic today. And let's take a quick break so people can freshen their drink and get settled in because I know everybody wants to hear your expertise on this subject. Before we go, Fawn, can you please tell our listeners how they can reach you? My office number is 661-322-3863, and I'm in downtown Bakersfield. Perfect. When we come back... We'll dive a little deeper into the ins and outs of this eviction moratorium and what it means for everyone, if that's okay with you, Fawn. Sounds good. Great. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all of the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch. Request an in-person tour, find out the value of your home, 
and see the McCarty Group's success stories. As the number eight agent for Coldwell Banker in North America and the only local to be listed in the Wall Street Journal's Top 100 Rankings for 2021, she is truly an expert in her field. Her goal, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their client's aim, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM. Now that's smart. We're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And if you're thinking about selling but need to make some renovations first, you'll want to contact Lori to find out about her amazing new program designed to help sellers get their home ready to sell. It's called the McCarty Line of Convenience, or MLOC. This program allows sellers to tap into up to $10,000 for renovations and repairs. There's no interest or fees associated with the MLOC. It's simply paid back at the close of escrow. Call 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653 to see if you qualify for this exclusive new program designed to help maximize your selling price. And if you're just tuning in or visiting this morning with Lori's guest, attorney Fawn Desi of Desi and Desi regarding evictions. So Fawn, in the first segment, you mentioned that there was talk about potentially extending the statewide eviction moratorium. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, what what I have learned is basically from Vince Fong's office, who um, I contact on a regular basis to find out what's going on. There are budget meetings next week, and and if there is an extension to uh, be discussed, it will come up in those hearings. So we should know more next week. I know California Apartment Association has been lobbying and getting members, uh, of which I'm one, to contact their local legislative representatives to um, protest and let them know that we've had enough. We just, we need to get um, uh, back to business as usual, hopefully get in a position where uh, debts that have accrued over the last year can be paid off if people are able to do that because we have many owners of residential real property who have been financially impacted by COVID, and yet there's nothing of any consequence that has helped them. Um, In many cases, we have tenants who could qualify for funds, rental relief, but you know in most of the cases in which I have dealt, the tenants will not cooperate with the landlord 
in obtaining rental assistance. Doesn't make any sense, but mm-hmm. that's what's happening. <laughs> so. I, I know, and it's uh, what amazes me is this such a small percentage of the funds that are available have actually been utilized. Exactly, and trying to get people to cooperate, landlords must attempt to uh, provide uh, some sort of assistance with the rental housing uh, component before they can go after a tenant or a former tenant for rent. And showing that a tenant refused to cooperate is a pretty good way of doing that, but it's senseless when the funds are sitting there not to utilize them to pay that debt or to assist in paying debt. Right, and it, as you mentioned in the first segment as well, it it doesn't seem right that the landlord is required to continue providing all of the services that were originally agreed to in a rental contract, such as gardeners and service, you know, insurance and trash and all of that, when they're not receiving um, the compensation they're supposed to receive. Right. I mean, it, it has posed a very huge financial burden for many. And fortunately, I think that the number of tenants who have created issues are small, although the impact is large. Uh, We still need cooperation between landlords and tenants, and we're frankly not getting it. I've never seen so many people come out of the woodwork, get free legal aid, and tear the hell out of properties and not pay rent even when they have it. I, I mean, it's just been unbelievable to me to see this in all the years that I've practiced law. I've never seen such a um, situation occur before, and I don't know if it's COVID caused or people kind of uh, went over the deep end uh, because of COVID and having to be isolated, but something really terrible has happened in terms of uh, the rental housing industry and the ability to keep keep the bills paid. <laughs> right. And, you know, we're going on 18 months now, and enough is enough. It uh, is enough. Right. It's more than enough. I I just can't even imagine Mm-mm. what some of these owners are, are going through because many people have thought in terms of investing in real estate, which has always been something I've pushed uh, in order to help fund retirement because God knows we don't know if Social Security is going to be available uh, in the future. So, you know, you need to have something to um, rely on for retirement. But, But how can you do that? How can you feel confident when we have a government that isn't uh, facilitating a the the public service that is provided by rental housing owners and it is a public service it is a necessary public service and we need more of it but uh, many people are selling and taking their funds to other states and I can't say as I blame them 
I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I believe um, for for those who are out looking for rental property um, and are complaining about the high cost of rentals, that this moratorium is helping fuel those high prices because you have such a shortage of rental inventory right now. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. It's it's something that, uh, you know, I think the legislators who thought this was a good idea are very short-sighted, mm-hmm. and they don't understand the rental housing industry. They don't understand what it takes to encourage growth. This certainly has not been it. No, it has not. Now, I understand that some counties and cities in California have implemented their own eviction moratoriums um, aside from the statewide moratorium. Um, I assume Kern County and Bakersfield have not done anything like that. No. Thank God we've been lucky here mm-hmm. not to have a situation that they've had in places like L.A. County mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, they pretty much shut people down um, yeah, entirely, very restrictive. We are still restricted here in uh, Kern County under state law mm-hmm. as to evictions and what uh, can be done uh, if a tenant is in default. And this is where probably I've seen so many bad, horrendous situations with tenants because landlords are looking at at um, ways to protect their property, and they're being more uh, tuned into what's going in it uh, on at properties, and finding out that maybe they've got drug dealers there, they've got hydroponics set up, they've mm-hmm. got additional people who have moved in, and um, you know, in in many cases, when we get the properties back. They are so damaged. I've got one right now that the estimate from the contractor is fifty thousand dollars. Now, this was a wow. this was a person who um, was represented for nothing by legal aid, and said that the gal was going to be purchasing a home, which begs the question: Why is legal aid involved at all? Right. And so they extend out the time, and then the gal. Tears the hell out of the place, pulls out cupboards, pulls out appliances, and this has been fairly typical um, over the last eighteen months as to what I've seen. And I don't know what the um, cause is for the, all this craziness going on, but it really is. So, <laughs> and can the landlord recover that additional damage? You know. You're you're never going to recover from somebody who's a deadbeat in the first place, right? Um, um, you're you know, right. and and they've got these laws in place where you can't sue right now for the rent. You can't evict for the rent. Um, so by the time you get to the point in time where you can pursue them for rent. Uh, God knows where they're going to be if you can even find them. So you're chasing the money that you've lost, and it's it's way too easy to bankrupt. These landlords are going to be, uh, you know, 
<laughs> hard pressed to obtain recovery for the money that they've lost. Uh, secondly, oh. think about the impact if your tenant who didn't pay you is still in possession of the property, and then you sue them in small claims court for the rent they didn't pay? Right. Seriously? Right. Who thought that was a good idea? Right. No, you're right. Um, I At that point, all you want is possession. I get it. Right. Um, Correct. Give me my property, please, and please don't do any more damage to it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. It is very much so. And, you know, we're kind of up against another problem because the sheriff's department is about a month behind on levies. Yes. So even when we get a court order and a writ, we can't get them out. Well, I hate to tell you this, (laughs) Fawn, but I've been waiting since last October for a date for for them to um, say, okay, Lori, we'll meet you at such and such a property, um, and, and I can't, for the life of me, figure out what is taking so long. Yeah, that seems a little excessive. Uh, I'm just waiting about a, a month, maybe a little over a month on some of these, and uh, it's very... Very frustrating um, when you get through the process. You fought your way to the winning line, mm-hmm. and then you can't get any assistance getting people out. So right. I know we've lost a lot of people um, in uh, law enforcement and whatnot, but for God's sakes, right. um, what do you think's happening in that time frame when these tenants know they're going to be leaving soon? Yes. Do you think they're going to treat your property with respect during that time frame? No. I don't think so. No. And if I sound a little bit aggravated and frustrated, well, I think that's an understatement. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I completely understand. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, think, um, I think a year ago I was a little more compassionate, um, but... As you said, I think this has gone on way too long. Um, you know, in the beginning, I, I think there was perhaps, um, you know, we we were all uncertain. We we understood that there were hardships on both sides, um, and we were maybe a little more willing to be, um, eh, to allow. Uh, these moratoriums to take place, even though we, yeah, a little more flexible. You're right. 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 Um, But now it's like, come on, Uh, particularly as those landlords, particularly the, the small landlords who many times had to do forbearances, which are coming to an end and who have no, hope of any further relief um, are looking at losing their property because of these government-mandated programs. Right. Right. Uh, Unbalanced programs. Mm -hmm. There's no balance with what we have right now. No foresight in terms of what the rental housing market has done to help people or what 
what it's going to take to get it back in full swing after this. It's going to take years. Yes. It's just going to take years. Yes, absolutely. Um, Now, I understand that under the state eviction moratorium, there's a provision in it that if a landlord wanted to evict a tenant for failure to pay rent, they have to apply for the rental assistance before that can be processed. Is that true? You do have to apply. You do have to try to provide some sort of assistance to the tenant, such as sending a letter to the tenant uh, with the application from the housing authority. The landlord's portion of that um, application is pretty mild and limited. It's the tenant portion of it that requires uh, the tenant to provide financial information to entitle them to rental housing relief and assistance. And that's where we're running into a lot of trouble because tenants simply uh, throw them away. They get it and think, like hell, I'm going to provide that information to the housing authority or anybody else. And I I don't even provide that they send the information back to the landlord. I just provide the form and say, here's what you need to fill out and give to the housing authority. So it's not as if the landlord's getting any type of confidential information about the tenant. It goes directly to housing authority. But again, um, that has pretty much been a failure in terms of getting any relief to the tenant or to the landlord. And a lot of times I think that's because many of the tenants aren't, they aren't experiencing the financial issues that the landlords are facing. They don't have to show, all all they have to do is fill out a declaration of COVID uh, impact on their finances with no verification whatsoever of Mm -hmm. that. As to most of them, there's a small category that do have to provide more information, but in uh, most circumstances, that does not apply. So you just fill out this declaration, submit it, and you're done. And do you think the reason, and so I'm guessing the reason that they don't want to fill that out is because to fill it out accurately would show that they don't have a financial hardship and... Mm -hmm. They're afraid they could actually be getting in trouble if they fill that out. Is that correct? Correct. I I think that's probably the case. And I think that that, uh, all in all, you know, people who aren't paying their rent um, in a chronic situation of Mm -hmm. non-payment probably don't have the financial impact that should justify payment through housing authority or any government-funded program. So uh, not in all cases. There are some people who have been seriously impacted by COVID. We understand that, and uh, we want to help these people. Absolutely. But uh, it doesn't happen very often that we can. Right. Right. I I just kind of wonder about that, too. You think about, uh, you know, unemployment, et cetera. Hey, I just get a check in the mail. But this this requires paperwork, so so I, I don't know if it became too simple to get money. I don't know, because it would seem like what would be the incentive to not 
fill out this paperwork, get assistance. I know you mentioned maybe they're, they technically really wouldn't qualify, but if you really right. need help, why would you not do it? Exactly. Yeah. You would. Um, I don't know. The dynamics of this whole thing are really fascinating uh, in the sense that it's been such a failure overall to people that I've represented in being able to, you know, um, assist the tenant in getting rental housing relief. So I, I don't know. It, it's a study in, in psychology, really, as to how this whole thing's worked. But, um, you know, it's just been a sad situation overall for the rental housing industry, and um, I don't know um, how how long it's going to take for things to get back in gear. I'm certainly hopeful we've got some light at the end of the tunnel and that there will not be an extension of the moratorium. Um, it That's going to just be devastating. Uh, that was going to be my word. Yeah. If if they extend this, I, I just don't know how we survive it, frankly. And, right. and Fawn, do you see this everywhere across the board? I mean, is it is it lower cost housing to to the more expensive places? Is it all over or is it certain places? I mean It is. Hmm. That's what's so fascinating too. We're not just talking about uh properties that are um, you know, in downtrodden areas, we're also talking about properties that are um, in the higher end area. I had one recently in the Seven Oaks area, mm-hmm. and it's like, are you kidding me? And and that one as well torn up mm-hmm. uh, at the end of it. I don't know if if uh, the COVID situation and the isolation just fueled people to become more involved in uh, substance use disorders. I just don't know. But it's been a phenomenon that I would never have um, realized would happen. Yeah, and I think... You know, nobody's working together, it seems to me. Certainly the cases I get are probably the more egregious cases where uh, tenants are just saying... Hell no, I'm not paying you because I don't have to. And and part of that was um, fueled by media reports that uh, tenants don't have to pay the rent and blah, blah, blah. But we know that the moratorium is not a rent abatement. It was a rent deferral. So at some point in time, you're supposed to have to pay back what was uh, missed in terms of rental payments. Uh, again, I, I pointed out some issues in recovery of those funds, but but it is not an abatement. So um, that is why, you know, at the end of September, tenants are supposed to pay any outstanding rent, 25% of it at least, and they can be evicted if they do not pay that percentage, which is minuscule compared to the amounts that are owed. So, you know, I'm encouraging owners to uh, take advantage of the one uh, little uh, carrot that they have to serve their notices uh, for rents through September 
and then if they don't, if the tenants don't pay 25%, then they can take legal action at the end of the day. So um, that hopefully will give them a little bit of uh, encouragement that some monies might be coming in if tenants do the right thing and pay that 25%. Wow. And as a landlord, I mean, even say, say they, they owe a ton of rent, they damage the place. What's, what's your real recourse after that? Is there one? Well, you can always sue. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whether you're going to recover or not is another issue. Uh, part of that, if there's malicious damage to real estate, even if a tenant tried to bankrupt, you can pursue them and and try to get a um, an order that that means that the debt's not discharged. But again, that's that's a battle and an expense that landlords who have gone through this process over the last 18 months are ill-prepared to fund, you know? You're just worried about taking care of your mortgage payments and uh, insurance and taxes that maybe were not able to be paid and trying to get yourself squared away financially. So many people had a plan, and they had a great plan, you know. They were working. They were able to make the mortgage payment on this rental that was going to be a retirement um, uh, supplement, and then tenants stopped paying rent. They may have lost their job, um, and they're going to lose their property as a result of it. So, Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's scary. Yeah. So, you know, to that question you asked me in the very beginning, Adelaide, mm-hmm. yeah, for the parents sending their kids off to college in another state, make absolutely certain it's in another state that doesn't have an eviction moratorium. Noted. Correct. Right? Noted. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> well, That's right. So I think... But I think go ahead, I Fawn. think it, it encourages all of us, or should encourage all of us, to become a little bit more active in the legislative process, know what's going on. Know that that your legislative reps aren't going to necessarily do what benefits you and or, or, or the country as a whole. We have to be there and tell them what to do. They work for us, although uh, one might not realize that based on what's going on. But, but I think that we have, to, we have to really get out there and we have to fight. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, Vaughn. Um, I, I think that's a great point. And I think that's also a great place to take a break. So stay tuned because we've got more details on the eviction moratorium and what it means to you, uh, something that I think is extremely important and you won't want to miss. Tell us again, Fawn, how they can reach you. At my office, it's 661-322-3863. Perfect. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty. On 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. It's no fun.
fun missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to themccartygroup.com and start packing. You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook at the Kern County Real Estate Review. There, you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Sunday mornings. And we're visiting this morning with attorney Fawn Desi of Desi and Desi regarding the eviction moratorium. So, Fawn, do landlords have the ability to proceed with evicting tenants prior to the September 30th expiration? Yes, they certainly do. It's... Um not uh, a situation where it's easy to evict somebody for non-payment of rent. And I would not suggest that people use that as the basis for an eviction. Uh, The reason being that the COVID uh, declaration of financial hardship can be filed up to the date of trial. In many instances, courts are pretty lenient about that. So that would mean that a landlord would get through the process, get to the trial date, and then be shut down, have to dismiss their case, eat the attorney's fees, court costs, and um, everything attendant to filing a suit, and, and really be back to square one. So that's why I do not think a non-payment of rent is a good issue to raise until after the moratorium. But there are other circumstances that give rise to the ability to serve a tenant with a default notice. Um, Assignment and subletting against the terms of the lease would be one of them. And um, drugs, uh, nuisance, uh, you know, using the premises for an unlawful purpose is something that we've really seen a lot of over the past 18 months. Um, so they, they do take some precision with um, your filing requirements on your notices. So I would advise due to the complexities of these new laws uh, that are impacted by the COVID uh, laws that you seek legal counsel before you serve a notice. That makes perfect sense, and it's it's good to hear that there are some situations that um, might have some success in getting a tenant out 
who is violating the terms of the lease uh, in ways other than the non-payment of rent. Um, because I will tell you that I've had many clients that <clears throat> the tenants are doing just that. They are violating the terms of the lease, um, although they're still paying rent. And my clients have been too afraid to pursue legal action um, because they've thought that it was mm, hopeless um, given the current state of affairs. So it's nice to know that um, that there are some potential options for them. So tell us, um, can the landlords, I assume that they can use the tenant's security deposits to cover unpaid rent, although in most cases the security deposits are not going to be anywhere near large enough to cover months of unpaid rent. Right. And you can't use a security deposit while the tenancy is intact uh, to cover uh, COVID rent. So be careful about that. After termination of the tenancy, however, you can use uh, security deposit. But, you know, that uh, that doesn't go very far, no. especially if you have damages to the premises, too. Right. Okay. Um, and... <clears throat> Once the moratorium um, expires, and we're hoping that that is going to be the 30th, and remember people, um, as Fawn said earlier, call your representatives. Be sure to reach out and let them know that enough is enough. Um, you know, if there is a proposed extension of this moratorium, it's not doing anybody any good, uh, neither landlords or tenants. Um, but once this eviction moratorium expires, what do you think, what do you suspect will happen to the renters that have fallen behind on rent? I think in, in most cases, Landlords are going to try to work with the tenants because um, when a tenant moves, turnover is the most expensive part of being a landlord, typically. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you try to work with people and you try to give them options for repayment of debt uh, that's owed, and that would be the right thing to do. And, and I'm talking about the tenants who are genuinely interested in doing the right thing and in catching up on, on debt that um, accrued during COVID because they had some sort of legitimate financial hardship as a result of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I think that the cases, people have, have exaggerated how many cases will be filed um, for non-payment or anything else after uh, October 1st. I I just don't see landlords as wanting to spend the money on eviction actions or, you know, pursuing people unless there's some other issue going on with that tenant where they just simply need to replace the tenant. So we do know that there is a shortage of rental housing there are people standing in line to get a rental. 
So uh, we have we have a good supply of decent tenants out there looking, and that should encourage tenants who are in place uh, in in a complex or a house that they want to stay in to also do the right thing and try to work with the landlord and work out the debt. Again, the the moratorium is not a rent abatement. It's a rent deferment. And and it doesn't give you a pass on the payment of rent. You need to do the right thing and pay when you can and try to work out a deal with your landlord if you're behind on rent. So I think that's going to happen in most circumstances, I think there are going to be those cases where people don't understand or don't want to understand that the rent wasn't abated, and um, they'll raise, you know, some sort of a defense to try to get out of payment. Okay. Now, we've been talking about residential uh, tenants and landlords at length. What about commercial tenants? Is there an eviction moratorium in place for commercial properties, too? There is not in Kern County at this time. Uh, That has been left up to different counties to impose restrictions, both residential and commercial, and some counties have imposed restrictions on that. But Kern County is not one of them. So in most cases that I have seen with clients I represent, we do try to work with the tenants mm-hmm. uh, if they're behind on rent. If we know that there has been an impact due to COVID, and in many circumstances, there have been legitimate um, issues, financial issues caused by COVID. So landlords that I deal with, for the most part, have been really good to try to uh, bring tenants in, talk with them have a workout arrangement with them, but it isn't it isn't a a uh, requirement of any law that they do that. It's just simply a recognition that it's a whole lot simpler to keep somebody in place uh, who's already there. You don't have the leasing commissions. You don't have the tenant improvement expense right. and additional costs of turnover that are even higher in a commercial setting than they are in residential. That makes perfect sense, Fawn. Well, I see Adelaide giving me the signal that it's time to wrap up today's show. You know, it's always wonderful having such a knowledgeable guest like yourself because the time just flies by. But before we sign off, is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know? I just think that everybody needs to work together in this situation, and that includes attorneys uh, on both ends of the spectrum. I don't think that that um, it behooves um, counsel or uh, attorneys representing tenants to punish landlords, as it has appeared to me they've been doing uh, over the past month. Um, I, I, I just believe that this circumstance has been the fault of nobody, right. um, landlord or tenant, and that we need to be reasonable and work together. I think that's exactly right. I can't thank you enough for sharing your time with us this morning. Um, 
So folks, if you didn't jot down our information, grab a pen. Tell us one more time, Fawn, how people can reach you. My phone number is 661-322-3863. I really want to thank you for spending the time with us this morning, taking the time out of your busy schedule to share all of your expertise with us. We really just can't thank you enough, Fawn. Oh, you're very welcome. Glad I could help. You bet. And I want to thank all of you for listening this morning and wish you and yours a wonderful rest of the day and a fantastic week ahead. Hopefully, we've given you some knowledge about an important topic and provided a little more clarity into the world of real estate. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again next Sunday at 8 a.m., just before Sean Hannity, who's coming up next. If by chance you missed an episode of the show or know someone who should be hearing this information but who just doesn't get up quite early enough on a Sunday morning, we have the answer. You can now hear this episode and others uploaded to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. Just search Kern County Real Estate Review and you can listen over and over. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll see you next week. Hey, you confused about real estate? Sean Hannity here, and I can tell you as an active real estate investor, well, just like the stock market, it can go up one day and down the next. Home values and sales, they fluctuate on a dime. Now, even though I've bought and sold homes for years all across this great country, one thing I will always do is partner with a sharp real estate agent that truly studies local and national market trends, that knows the real value of homes, and most importantly, knows how to generate demand regardless of the market. And the good news is you have a truly amazing agent right in your backyard. I'm talking about Lori McCarty of Coldwell Banker. She has an amazing team working for her that doesn't miss a single detail. Her system is so bulletproof, well, she can create demand for your home at a deadline that you agree to or she will buy it herself. Now, real estate doesn't have to be frustrating or scary. Call Lori McCarty today at 665-SOLD. That's 665-SOLD online, themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. Go there and you can start packing. The times we're living in are unparalleled. And it's affected all of us. It's made us feel uneasy and alone. Americans who need to sell their home or have to move and buy a new home are experiencing tremendous stress right now. And I know it's scary and overwhelming, but there is a solution. I'm fortunate to work with some of the top agents in America, agents who are going to tell you the truth, who will give you the best advice that's right for you. Right now, you need to work with an agent that can bring solutions for you. You have the help of somebody that can help you really make an informed decision. Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group at Caldwell Banker. You may want to take a cash offer or maybe it's time to upgrade your home and get it ready to sell in the summer. Maybe you should just hold tight and refinance. You do have options and you deserve to work with a great agent who does business with the highest integrity. 
Call Lori McCarty at 665-SOLD or online at themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR 1560 AM, 97.7 FM. Now that's smart. It's no fun missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to themccartygroup.com and start packing. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home 